What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. We are here. We're going to talk some hockey, some news, some big news in the league, uh, potentially. It's, uh, it was broken by Bob McKenzie this morning about Dustin Bufflin. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but we're going to start. Uh, with our little overrated, underrated game, um, our little music game. Um, and we've covered, you know, the biggies. We, no, we, not yet. We haven't done a few of my favorites. Well, no, no, and we'll, we'll get to them. I think this is something we can just keep doing. But, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, there's one other that I can't – oh, the Who. Yeah. Um, today is Queen, who one of my favorite – one of my personal favorite bands. Um, and uh, – but, you know, every band has songs that I think everybody does. You know, there's not everybody likes them. Right? One, thing right. about Queen, <laughs> one thing about Queen that I'll, that I'll say. Okay. I probably didn't appreciate them enough while they were hot, let's say. Mm -hmm. I lived through the era. I was into a more harder rock at the time. But then when I was at Live Aid and really appreciated them, it was almost getting too late, right? But I lived through, I knew their songs and I would sing along for sure, but I didn't appreciate them enough in the early on. I admit yeah. that. Whereas, and, and this is the thing, it's like, um, it's sort of revisionist history now, even after the movie Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Um, like, I mean, it was, and I, I still believe that's one of the best live performances ever. It is. At, at, at Wembley. I, mean, I was watching it, you know, live on simulcast, which. Right. And I got to tell you, it was, I'm watching it at like six, seven in the morning. Yeah. And I was still jacked up. Not right. I mean, right. I mean, the whole thing is great, but if you've seen the movie, the the performance of Radio Gaga, which is not one of their big hits. It's a, it's a song I liked, but it wasn't one of their big hits. No, it's not a big hit. And the crowd reaction of, I mean, you know, I've from, from a friend of mine who's also a big queen fan, and I'm sure that they weren't going for this reaction, and people probably will be a little disturbed at the re at the reference I'm making. But it was like Hitler at Nuremberg. It was, you know, what I'm saying where you had where you had the everybody Putting a crowd into a frenzy. That's all you have to say, Mike. Right, and but but you know, but but being history majors, we had we had to go there. I'm not making any kind of over. If if. People in England never got whipped into a frenzy. You could say Churchill, but they just—they never do. Yeah, no, no, that doesn't match it. But, but any, but anyway, um, they're a great band. I liked them all. Like one of the first, you know, I was like seven or eight years old. One of the first singles I ever bought. I was bought forty fives back then. I never bought forty fives. I want to tell you right now that is completely pedestrian buying forty fives. It was such a waste of my time. I, oh, never I, I know, but, but you know, granted, I wasn't paying for them. My dad or my brother was paying for them, so I was seven the years old. The only thing that was good were the unreleased stuff on the B-side. That's the mm -hmm. only thing that mattered on a 45. But I, but I bought Killer Queen as a 45, and it was a really great song. But th there is a rather – it's on their greatest hits album, 
there's a rather famous song that of theirs that I don't understand why it's so popular. And every time I hear it on the radio or see it performed like on, on say YouTube or whatever, I just say, mm. and that's fat bottom girls. I don't like the song. I just don't. No, care. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, 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 to me, it's, to me, it's their most over their most overrated song. I just I, don't think it's that good. I think it was made more for the people of England. I think they appreciate it more. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue with that song with you. You know what I mean? I don't think it was made for Americans to appreciate. Yeah. I think that's one that the English appreciate better. And, and plus, you know, if, I, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about the you know, personal things, no, uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> hearing far away from that. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I, I don't appreciate that particular part of the uh, female anatomy. So you couldn't stay away from no, it. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Now, uh, what, what is your most overrated? You're my best friend. That could have been written in 10 minutes. And, and here's the thing about here's the thing about having the best friend. I never wanted to sing that to my best friend. Even if it was a guy or a girl, mine happens to be a guy, but I had some girls that are very close friends with too. I've never wanted to sing that to them. I don't need to say it to them. I don't need to put it down in words. Sorry. Okay. Um, I have a tie for my uh, most underrated. Um, one is, uh, you take my breath away, which I'll do one and then let me speak. And then you could do your other. Yeah. One. Well, okay. First, first, my first uh, tie is you take my breath away from, I believe it's night of night of the opera. No, no day of the races, oh. day oh. of the races. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's a ballad. It's a, it's a Freddie Mercury ballad, but it, with a, with a nice little, uh, guitar, uh, part at the end, uh, with Brian May. But it's it, it's just I mean again the Freddie Mercury vocal range is fantastic and it's just a good it's a really it, it's a song about being in love yeah um, but it's it's great it's a it's a just a phenomenal song okay give me your first uh, Mr Fahrenheit okay. I think, I think that is completely underrated mm -hmm. I would take that over a lot of other Queen songs mm -hmm. I think it highlights Mercury a lot I think it highlights Brian May a lot I think it's it's one of those songs that it's just very catchy, you know? And one of my favorite Queen songs, which ironically is not sung by Freddie Mercury, is uh, Sail Away Sweet Sister. Which I don't is, know. It. Which is on the game. It's sung by Brian May. Okay. And it's one of those songs, and you can take you can take this for almost any band. I, I'm, I'm sure anybody who loves music has a band that they love, and there's a song that they love from that band that you wish wouldn't end. Like it fades out, and you wish there was like another two minutes of the mm -hmm. song. Just this is a song where it has this little bass uh, solo at the end where John Deacon plays, and you just want it to go on. And hear the hear more of it. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I could give you that song from my favorite band. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> to me that song is uh, "Wondrous Stories." Okay, yeah. Really short, and for them it's very short. But like, even when Anderson does it, he elongates it a little bit. Right. It, yeah, it's one of those that's just beautiful, and you wish it would kind of keep going. Yeah. So I mean, one of my favorite bands, and you know, the, I'm you know, the, I'm in the chat. I'm sure there's a few people I haven't looked at the chat yet. Um, yeah, a couple oh, I'm sure they're saying, no, 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 it's this or uh, no. Uh, dro yeah, drop the elbow says princes of the universe is great from the high, the, the Highlander soundtrack is, um, 
Yeah, is that the, I think that's the one that Who Wants to Live Forever? I think that's is the is the that's line. a great song. That, that, that's, that's a phenomenal song. That's a great song that really highlights Mercury. I hate, and I mean hate, the Flash Gordon song. And oh, yeah. Everything about that movie and that Queen soundtrack was everything I didn't like about Queen growing up. Yeah, but you know that was what that was when they were in their slump. They were they they they, well, they get them out of it. Yeah, they did. They did. If, if you followed them before before Live Aid, but I think the thing was between like seventy nine and eighty five, they did three movie soundtracks. One was Highlander, which was a you know not a great movie, but it had Sean Connery in it. And, and, you know, I liked it. Uh, had had some good songs. Then the other one was Flash Gordon, which I I hated. I hated that. Sam Sam Jones. Sam L. Jones. Sam Jones still tries to live off that movie. Now, oh my God. The only thing I have to say, the funny thing about Flash Gordon is the only reason I went to see it is because it was a very popular comic strip when my dad was around as a kid. He's still around, but when he was a kid, and so like you know, I basically wanted <laughs> to see what all the hubbub was about. And I went, and because like Ming the Merciless was in that, it was a pretty yeah. cool, you know, story. But they ruined it. Yeah, the low light of Max von Sydow's acting career was playing Ming. And he was a great actor. Oh my great god, phenomenal actor. And the third one, the third one was the movie Iron Eagle, which is a oh. which is a bad Top Gun ripoff Awful. with with. With Louis Gossett Jr. and Jason Gedrick, who couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. I really like the way Jason Gedrick looked. Oh yeah. my god! Anyway. But 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 the song was good. It was called One Vision. They did a they did a not bad, not, yeah, bad. not bad, not bad. But it was it was not bad. But the, then they made their comeback yeah, after. Iron that. Eagle was an awful, awful. Oh, movie. it was so bad. It was like basically a sixteen-year-old kid was going to rescue his father who was captured by Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Yeah, and it was him by himself fl flying, flying an F sixteen. Yeah, okay. Can we suspend disbelief here a little I bit? I watched the Top Gun re reboot over that, and that's got to be horrible. I, I'm I'm actually anxious uh, to see that. I want to see that because I want to see how bad it is. Anyway, all right. Let's 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 start the show. No more no more Nuremberg references. I promise. Nick, please. You've done it like twice in the history of the show. Twice? Okay. Yes. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. I'm Russ Cohen, and for all you know, I could be the Jets' number two quarterback. And I'm Michael Agello, and I reject that offer. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. I'm a lefty, so they don't want lefty quarterbacks. No, lefty quarterbacks are tough. Yes. Stabler was a lefty, wasn't he? Who was? Stabler. Yes, yeah, Stabler and, uh, and uh, Boomer Esiason. Yeah, Boomer. Yeah, I mean, if you're a, look, if you're a good lefty, it's really good. But a lefty quarterback is tough. Yes. All right. The big news dropped this morning, and I found out on my way uh, somewhere this morning. Uh, I was listening to TSN radio in Toronto, and Bob McKenzie was making an appearance, and um, I didn't expect any kind of big news coming out. Although you should expect it out of Bob. Yeah. Um, and he reported uh, that. The leave of absence that Dustin Bufflin is currently on uh, may be permanent, uh, that he is pondering his NHL future. Um, now, Bufflin is 34 years old. Um, he's got this year and next year on a contract, making $7.6 million. Um, that's a lot to give up, but according he's to – He's, he's made a lot of money, and according to McKenzie, he's contemplating his options, and there's no timetable. Now, uh, 
Rick Ralph, who covers the Jets for TSN, said he he has been told that Bufflin has lost his love for the game. It's a tough decision for him, but and he was on the ice with the team before training camp, but he didn't skate in the Debuty League this summer. Right. So really, he hasn't skated since they got eliminated in the first round against St. Louis. Now, Russ, this would be a monstrous blow for the Jets because not only you know not only if, if they lose Bufflin, they lose probably their top defenseman, but this comes on the heels of them trading Truba to uh, to the to to the to the Rangers and allowing Tyler Myers to go uh, to Vancouver and unrestricted free agency. Had they known that Bufflin was contemplating retirement, maybe they would have signed Myers. They probably would have still traded Truba. But, I mean, they're losing – if he retires, they're losing the entire right side of their blue line. Okay, so a few things. Between Peter and I, we got pretty close yesterday figuring out what this might be. We really did. Peter was talking about the retirement thing, and I was talking about he's not the greatest off-season training guy. Right. And he mentioned the beauty league. Like, we really did have the undertones of it. I do want to mention that because we were just sort of fishing, right? Right. Um, but also, we know the player. Uh, my favorite Dustin Bufflin story had nothing to do with his playing, right? So one of the drafts, I want to say uh, – it's probably going five years back mm-hmm. – uh, he was doing something with uh, Panini trading cards. And so I got an exclusive with him. And I'm there with Doug Cattell, the other guy who I do sportsology with and a lot of other things and very good friend. And I'm interviewing him, you know, on video. And I remember asking him about being traded. And I remember Doug looking at me like, are you crazy? This guy is like six foot four, 260 pounds. Why are you trying to piss him off? That's the look that I saw in his eyes, right? He can eat you. Yeah. yeah. And he was completely calm about it, gave a great answer. He was great with the fans. Like, this guy is a great guy. And I think he, you know, sometimes you, you never know when it's just time to hang it up. And maybe he's got some aches and pains. He never talks about it. The one thing you got to give Bufflin credit for is he never, ever, ever talked about being injured. You never heard him really complaining much. The only thing I could say here is, and he did complain a little, trust me, but not like right. about, about like, you know, him getting hurt on the ice or about other teammates. Not that. It was always just about a little bit about Winnipeg and, and maybe, you know, some other things like that. But the other thing is, if you remember, for the last couple of years, I was saying Winnipeg should trade him. Right. And had they done that, they would have at least gotten the assets for him. So not only will they lose the player here, but they lose any hope of trading him. Right. And that's where it's really going to hurt them because they do have some defensemen, guy like guys like Sammy Nico and stuff will fill in, but they're missing a lot now. And they couldn't have kept Truba. Truba did not want to stay right. there. So that Myers they could Myers they could have resigned. Myers they could have resigned over Peter's dead body, but they could have done it. And, and now, in retrospect, they probably wish they did. Right. I don't think they're going to go out and make an immediate trade because everybody knows they'll get fleeced on that if they do. Well, okay. Let's, let, we'll, go, we'll go there because go there. because Pierre Lebrun said, and he said basically what everybody was thinking, if this is true, first of all, it opens up $7.6 million in cap space. Right. Uh, that will help in terms of getting – 
Line A re-signed or Connor re-signed, open up the room. They have room, but they and just – better get them signed now because they're going to need more offense than they've ever had before. Right. But the thing is, though, um, and the two names that LeBron mentioned were Justin Falk, who's got a year left in his contract, and Rasmus Ristolainen, who's three years left, uh, both making uh, – Ristolainen's making a little over five. Uh, uh, Falk's making a little under five. There has been rumors about Ristolainen in Winnipeg. Uh, going back a little ways. Um, Buffalo retiring would open up the cap space. It also would make Winnipeg desperate enough to maybe include a player like Nick Ehlers, which I, if the, if the Sabres, the Sabres are looking for top six forwards to, in exchange for Ristolainen, I'm assuming that they haven't trade him, traded him yet because they're not getting that. I think Winnipeg would Maybe you know, maybe not Ehlers, maybe Roslovic, maybe somebody like that. But I think that they, if if they face the the, the potential of not having, you know, they don't, they're already not going to have Myers, they're not going to have Truba. If, if Bufflin retires, I, I think they would give up a forward for Ristolainen. I don't think they'll do it right now. They do have Logan Stanley, they have Sammy Niku. They're going to give those guys a shot next year, or even at the end of the season. Depending on Minnesota Duluth's run, which they've you know been winning back-to-back titles, they're probably going to go for another. Well, not probably. They'll be in the hunt for another one. After that, Dylan Sandberg will be fast track too. So this is going to be the thing about it for this year. So I think this year, if I'm them, I'm starting with the guys I have mm-hmm. and I'm seeing what that does. Sure, if it's not good enough. Then I can go out and do something like that. Yeah, and even bail out a team that's looking to deal somebody like a Justin Falk, but right now, let me wait and just yeah. see because it's not a good time. Yeah, you're not you're not going to reflexively do it. Right. You know, th- 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 I mean, that that would be dumb, and Chevel Dayoff is not a dumb general manager. But I think if the uh, the fact that you know, Falk has been out there for a couple weeks after, after you know, probably even longer because the, the, the contract negotiations with him did not go well uh, over the summer. Ristolainen has been on the market since the draft. Uh, I think the Sabres would like to move him, yeah. um, but they're not going to give him away. So these are opportunities, and maybe it's a situation where we know very well how the NHL trade market works, that you know it'll be U.S. Thanksgiving before the general managers take a look at their team and say, okay, I need to address this. And in the, and in the central division, if you're showing any chink in your armor, you can't allow that to stay there for the entire season. So maybe he holds off early on, but if Bufflin retires or if Bufflin, if his, his status is uncertain, I, the one thing I don't know is if he's on a leave of absence, does his money count against the cap? Uh, I think reserve list or something I think like that. It does until they can move him to that. Right. So it might be the beginning of the season. It might take, take until like October 3rd third or fourth until they play a game. Right. That's how LTIR works. So here's an issue. What if the Rangers negotiation here with D'Angelo doesn't get better because Larry Brooks says the Rangers offered him 925 and he wants more. Maybe that never comes to fruition. That's a good option for Winnipeg to bring in a guy like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to trade for Falk. I can give this kid a little more money. I sign him to a one or two year deal. Problem solved for the moment. You could see that happen if the Rangers get to be get to an impasse with D'Angelo and it doesn't happen. And another one is is uh, is Honka. 
Yes. Um, and Angelo over Honka, just to make that clear. Well, the oh well, yeah, but the one the one thing is is that how anxious would Dallas be to trade somebody to help a team in their own division? That's another issue. Yeah. And and I can't remember who reported it yesterday, but some uh, there was a report that the the Canadians were interested in Honka. But the the stars are looking for a draft pick in exchange, and Montreal wants to dump a salary, wants to trade an existing contract, and Dallas doesn't want to take one. So you know maybe maybe Winnipeg could get him for a draft pick. But I mean, needless to say, anybody that you f- find to replace him is not going to be Bufflin. It's not going to be you know, a, a minutes eating 30 minute a night defenseman. And maybe he's not that guy anymore. Remember he struggled with injuries last year. He, he, I think he was out until like about a couple weeks before the end of the regular season. So he was, you know, he was struggling through and playing into it. You know, there does become a point where you say, yeah, I'm going to get ready for the season. And you're just not doing it. You know what I mean? Not with the same fervor you did before. Now, sort of tied to Winnipeg, and uh, you know, we we tried to get Peter on, but he he was really busy today. We'll get his thoughts on this, you know, yeah. later later in the week. Um, but the comments of Patrick Line, and I I just saw sort of an encapsulation of this. He's over in Switzerland right now, and he was uh, apparently mentioned something about if he was not on the Winnipeg Jets, that he'd be playing with the that team's top players, and he's sort of been in a second line role with the Jets. Well, I mean, from what I remember Peter talking about, in instances where they had put line A with like Wheeler, it didn't work. There's I think he I think what he said was there's one puck. And you know, Wheeler wants it or who you know the other other players on that line or Shifley wants it. it yeah. You're also putting all your eggs in one basket. You cannot put all your you know that's that was the problem with Colorado last year. You had Rantanen, you had Landeskog, you had you had McKinnon, and after that you had nothing else. So if if right. you know if that line is shut down or if that line is limited, then you're screwed. And and that was probably Paul Maurice's thought. But Line A is bringing that up, and that can't exactly you know make uh, make things feel wonderful with. Jets players that he's complaining about his role with the team. I think the players take that with a grain of salt, but uh, if I'm Kevin Shevdayoff in negotiations, I say, Patrick, I get it. You had 50 points last year. Is that really top line numbers? Prove it to me that you're a top liner. Get back to where you were a year ago. I'm happy to play on the top line, but if you have a year like last year, I can't guarantee it. Yeah. And that's the problem here though. You know, Line did not do himself any favors last year with, you know, his total was over 30 goals, but he scored over half of his goals. He was 30 even. Was it 30 even? He scored 17 goals in a month, and then he scored 13 goals for the rest of the regular season. But he stuck in the playoffs. He had four points in six games. That's not good. Um, Actually, the funny thing was, because I, I, had, I had picked him in my in my pool, he actually played pretty decently in the first few games. So I yeah, can't. Yeah, that off. That's my point. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, and and you know, you need your big goal scorers to to come up to the the forefront yeah. in the playoffs. So game, but if he's not going to be an assist guy, three goals in six games, I need more. Now, um, in other news, we've got a few things, and we'll talk a couple uh, team previews here. We'll we'll preview the Detroit Red Wings and and the Dallas Stars. Um, we've heard from the Miko Rantanen camp, Mike Liute, his agent. Um, 
he uh, Liu was on uh, Sportsnet 650, which I believe is the the Vancouver affiliate. Yeah. Um, and he stated that he believes his client is comparable to Mitch Marner. Now, this is the problem, and this is the sort of uh, echo or the domino effect from the Marner contract. Um, do I think Rantanen is the equal of Marner? In some ways, I think he's a better forward than Marner. He's bigger. Yeah. He's better. He's a more. I think he's a better goal scorer. I think Marner is a much better playmaker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but Rantanen has got. You know, they're different. They're different types of players. But I, I think for you know, some teams would rather have Rantanen. Some teams would rather have Marner. They're comparable. Marner's now making almost eleven million. Rantanen want, wants to make around that. Problem is, is that Nathan McKinnon is making six three. Landeskog is making less than six, and Sackick wants to preserve his his payroll the way it is. I don't think he's going to be able to, Russ. Now, the only way he's going to be able to is if he signs Rantanen to a bridge, and if he, you know, and it would probably have to be a bridge closer, what uh, a little over what Besser is making, because I think his his his. Uh, yeah. His resume is a lot better than Besser. So you're talking six and a half to seven million on a three-year bridge, and I, you know that's more than McKinnon on a bridge. So where can Sackett go here? The last two years, he had a 1.04 points per game and a 1.18, which I think at 1.18 that's higher than Marner. I'm pretty sure. So 31 goals, 87 points in 74 games. It's a hell of a year. If you remember. In 2016-17, I was talking about him saying he maybe got the quietest 20 goals in hockey because he was on a lousy team. Mm -hmm. So he is a big catalyst on this team. I look at him and I say, there's even more upside here. Can you imagine he did all of this and he's never even taken 200 shots in a season? Yeah. His shooting percentage, get this, 15, 16-3, 16-1. That's like Malkin territory, man. That's... That's incredible. It's better than Malkin. Yeah. Now Bardicus brings this up in the chat. Uh, the issue with the the issue with that payroll argument is the variance uh, is so ridiculous from a from a comparative is, perform, comparative performance, and that the pro, that is the problem right now. Is general managers are looking at agents are looking at the individual team, right? Teams are looking at comparables to other players. If you use comparables with Marner, and I said this before he signed this contract, he's not better than Patrick Kane. He's not better than Nikita Kucherov. Right. Uh, is he better than Mark Stone? You you could debate. You Mark, Stone, Mark, Mark Stone is making 9-5. Kane's making 10-5. Uh, Kucherov's making 9-5. And the only one who's making more than Marner now is Panera, and that was because he was a unrestricted free agent. And this is not slamming Marner. He, you know, this is but the market was Austin Matthews making eleven six and and Tavares making eleven, and he's looking to make as much as those because he led the Leafs in scoring for two years. Rantanen is on par with McKinnon and Landeskog. Uh, I think McKin- I think McKinnon finished with more points last year, but. Um, you know, he's, and somebody made the argument, well, you know, Rantanen wouldn't get as many points if he wasn't for McKinnon. Well, you can say that McKinnon wouldn't get as, get as many points without Rantanen. Yeah. You don't really know, but he's asking to make what is 
fair market value now for a top winger and Sackick is battling to keep him within constraints of their own cap. And that's going to be the battle. And eventually I think it's, you know, there's going to be, have to be a compromise, but in the end, I think on a bridge or on a long-term deal, he's going to make more than McKinnon. He's going to make more than anybody on that team. Yeah. I mean, he did. Marner was 1.15 points per game. So he's better than Marner. Uh, Will that happen every year? It could, based on the guys they have. And Landis Cog certainly uh, got a shot in the arm back, you know, last year. The reason I brought Malkin is because if you watched the show a couple days ago, I was talking about his shooting percentage mm-hmm. being so great. I understand they're different positions. I get it. Sure. But but the shooting percentage on Rantanen is probably amongst the top five players in the league. Because imagine if he took 250 shots. But he probably can't because of McKinnon. So right. it's an it's amazing production. I think they're going to have to give him 11 by five and just do it and get him in there. That's what I think they're going to have to do. I don't think there's any way around it. No, I and the only way they limit the damage is that they, like I said, if they go with bridge, if they go two year or three year, and maybe he doesn't want that. Maybe I don't he, think he wants that. I'm going to get right. And and I don't know. See, five times eleven is five times eleven is Matthews. Right. I mean, eleven. You could argue at least. Point-wise, he's better than Matthews. Well, it's – I mean – You can't make yeah. a – I mean, it's true. No, no, I'm, I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying it's – I mean – I know what you're going to get at in the argument. We're just talking about scoring here. Yeah. Sackick is in a tough position because he's trying to yeah. hold the line. But, you know, in the end, I don't know if he's going to be able to. He just needs to walk up to McKinnon and say, listen, this is what I'm thinking about. How does that affect you personally? Yeah. And McKinnon is the guy that I think he is. He's going to say, do it, get him in here. Okay. couple signings uh, this morning. Uh, one, we've heard Ben Hutton's name after he got uh, uh, bought out. Uh, by, or, excuse me, he did not get qualified by Vancouver. Um, which is maybe worse. Which is probably worse, yeah. <laughs> It, it would well, and the qualifying offer would have been, I think, close to three. I think it was like no, this is when you just walk away from a player, right? Right, basically. Yeah. Um, and and the the LA Kings have signed Hutton to a one year deal at one point five million. So let me tell you how smart the Kings are, though. Seriously, mm-hmm. when you start looking at them and defensemen and the way they're able to resurrect defensemen and also get the most out of them. You know, we always use Forbert as an example because people just like gave up on him and, and they made him a useful defenseman. They are one of the best teams in the league at developing defensemen. Mm-hmm. You look at it, it's because you look at some of the names, the names are not superstars, but they get the most out of these guys. So you know what? They'll probably get something out of Hutton. And there's opportunity there because yes, I mean, they traded Muzzin. Um, it's Dowdy, Martinez, Forbert, Paul Ledoux. I, I think uh, Hutton probably fits in on the bottom pairing. You know, just a training camp, you got guys, Sean Walker, mm-hmm. Joachim Ryan, former San Jose Shark. I, know, I like Joachim Ryan. Yeah, Matt Roy, Curtis McDermott. So, I mean, there's not, you know, right now there's not anybody. Is that, Cal Craig playing in preseason? Uh, he is playing in preseason, and maybe he might. He could make the team, too. Yeah. So, but, but I think, you know, he doesn't sign there unless, not that they guaranteed him a job, but I, I think he probably looked the at the opportunities there for him too. Right. Yeah. He, they looked at the roster and says, I have an opportunity I here. Is sort of like the guy in case Clegg isn't ready, 
we've got other guys we could plug in there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now Edmonton, and I don't, you know, I don't know much about this player, but I saw the signing. Edmonton signed Anton Berdashov to a PTO. Again, this is a sign here where Edmonton is desperate for forwards. I mean, completely desperate. I'll tell you what I know. I I, I remember reaching out to my contact a while back and watching a little video, and he's a pretty good goal scorer. He's not a great goal scorer. Mm. Pretty good. He had like 19 last year. Has some skill, has some speed, has size. He's 6'3". Also has a nasty side. So what does that tell you? Are they trying to get him to fill the Lucic, Maroon kind of role? Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, but at a much cheaper level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but, Maroon came really cheap this year, but yeah, but I mean, but you you look at the the Oilers and it's McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and then you're talking James Neal, Sam Gagne, Alex Chason, you know, Zach Cassian. It's not exactly the 27 Yankees. No, I and he's 28, and it's hard to break in this league at 28. Remember Medvedev came over with the Flyers. Right. Very celebrated player. I want to say he was right around that age, mm -hmm. and it didn't work out for him. He looked okay on the ice, but it, over the course of a season, it just didn't work out. This is going to be – this is a prayer. You know, it's a shot in the dark. He's got a 50% chance. That's really what it boils down. And Ken Holland is doing patchwork, you know, mm -hmm. and Riley Sheehan at one year, $900,000. Sheehan was a good. Right. Player. But it's a, but it's a patchwork signing. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, Thomas Yurko, who's been all over the place. The Yurko, obviously he had him in Detroit. So he right. knows what he is. He's buying, he's buying time for, you know, Kaylor Yamamoto, uh, maybe for the situation with the Pugliari. Tyler Benson. Tyler Benson, you know, like, or maybe he's not sold in these guys and he's just trying to, you know, patch things up. But this, you know, again, these are the moves that are consistent with a team that is not a serious, I mean, they really didn't make any big moves over right. the summer. Again, they're just not going to come out and say it because of the market they're in, but it's an uphill battle for them this season. Yeah. And I'm not sure McDavid's even played yet, right? Uh, I don't think so. Right. I think we would have heard that. Yeah. So that's another issue. Like, he's coming back off a of knee surgery, right? So. Yeah. Do yourself a favor, Edmonton. If there's any question, sit him out the first month. He is your franchise. You're not making the playoffs this year. Right. His health is the most important thing. It is. You know, sacrifice time to make sure he's 100% because if that guy is chronically injured, your future is toast. So no uh, yeah. Now uh, just to touch on this, cause I watched the game last night, um, the Leafs and, uh, and uh, Ottawa played uh, the I first some of that game too. Yeah. The first of back-to-back -back games, Ottawa, they, they played tonight in uh, Canada. Um, I know that some people were making – I know that you made a uh, sarcastic comment about Mitch Marner and that – Well, that, that giveaway was all – It was a bad giveaway. And, and the, hey, this is what preseasons are for. Correct. You know, to, make, to, make those, to make those mistakes when it doesn't count. Now, I, I, again, I have a problem, and I, I, I guess you know, this, is, this is his MO, and we should just get used to it uh, with Mike Babcock. He bring, they, the organization brings in Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza should be and probably will be the fourth line center. But we're getting this 
happy horse crap from Babcock about, well, Jason's got to prove that he can do the fourth line job or, you know, like all this, like he's the doubting Thomas right now. Right. And Freddie Gauthier, who, you know, he's a good kid, but he's not a good hockey player. He's a, he's a, he's a big kid who can't really, he's a, his skating has improved markedly from when he was a draft pick in 2013. He's still not fast. Um, he cannot score. He had a breakaway in a couple he's of offensively, though. He is. He's good, he's good, and he's not bad on faceoffs. Right. But with the with the players that they have brought in in free agency, um, in terms of you know like Pontus Aberg and Kenny Agostino, and probably that they're not going to carry extra bodies. Freddie Goche should not be on this team when it comes to the end of the the end of the uh, the exhibition schedule if they're carrying 20 or 21 the extra forward should not be Freddie Gautier. and the way babcock is talking it's like oh you know yeah, well, the goat you know the goat's this the goat's that no the goat's not a good player but no. you know but we know coaches play favorites i used the example a couple of days ago or actually when we were talking on the phone i think of tortorella and Stu Bickle right. you know, like Stu Bickle wasn't the best you know, player well, wasn't even close. He, he was a defenseman that he made forward, right? I mean, I think that's what it was. Or was it the opposite? I think it was no, no, he was a defenseman they made to forward. He put right. him on the wing. And, right. and 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 if if you're looking for size on the wing for the Leafs on the fourth line, a kid like Mason Marchman, who's can mm -hmm. skate, who has a ability to get underneath the skin of the opposition, he should. And, and he played pretty good yesterday. He should be the guy that they they go for in terms of a fourth line winger, and if they put you know there's talk I can't remember who it was this morning was talking about uh, moving Gautier to the wing. I I've seen him play on the wing a couple times. He's terrible on the wing. It's like I I don't understand the the, the mythology or the, the the mentality excuse me of coaches when it comes to playing players that are clearly not that good. And continuing to play, it's the Martin Marinson thing with Babcock. It's the you know not to say that Ron Hainsey wasn't good, but Ron Hainsey wasn't a twenty-three minute defenseman, and he's putting him on the top pairing. There is a mental block when it comes to certain players and certain coaches, right? No, I, I, I look at the situation from what I saw out of Spezza. He's fine. I, you don't worry about Jason Spezza. This is not even going to be a question. If Spezza has some giveaways, he'll throw Gautier in there, but it's Spezza's job. Let's be real. Yeah. And I think the only thing they might be worried about is if they put Gautier in waivers that somebody might claim him. I don't worry. It's not it's not happening. I mean, he could just sit in the box all year or whatever. They've done that too. Well, yeah, but but with their with their roster situation with oh, that's right. yeah, they've got money, I I think they're going to carry 20 to 21 players. I think they're not going to carry 23. And if they do that, they're going to be shuttling. Once they go on waivers, and this is the thing Lee fans have to remember, if these players go on waivers and they recall them, they have 10, like I think it's 10 games or 30 days. That's the where they're waiver exempt. So they can keep shuttling them back and forth and back yeah. and forth once they clear waivers at the end of the exhibition schedule. But so what I saw, and I, I watched, I think, two periods, yeah. you know, Rocco looked good, yeah. Happening looked good. Uh, Schmaltz look good. Schmaltz looks really good. I mean, again, if you just want him to be a good skating, puck moving, mobile defenseman, he could do that. Yeah. And so I, I had no doubt in Jordan Schmaltz's ability for that. I've seen him enough to know that. Uh, 
Also, Marcus Hogberg did good. I mean, he didn't have a great year last year, but he's only 24, and you never know with goalies when they're going to develop. He faced some high-pressure stuff, right, and he did pretty well. Yeah, and uh, Max Lejoie looked pretty good for for Ottawa. He had a good year last year, too. So that's that's an encouraging sign for for the Sens. Look, the Sens have some players. They do, and they're going to win games, but what's going to happen is second half of the season – they're going to lose close games no matter what. When teams really ramp it up, they will lose close games. But they'll give, you know, they're a team that they're not a walkover. They're not a complete walkover team. They're not. Yeah, j- just to, I'll answer this question now. We'll, we'll do our team previews and then we'll take some questions. Okay. After that. But, uh, but Julian uh, asks, so you say Gauthier in the, in the AHL. What about Justin Hall? Um, they're not – I don't think they're worried about – Justin Hall, if he gets claimed, he gets claimed. They sat, they sat him in the press box all year because they feared he would get claimed. He's 27 years old. He's, he's a UFA at the end of the year. They've got guys like Gravel and Harper and Marinson. If he gets claimed, he gets claimed. I don't think that they're going to they're gonna, uh, shield him like they did last year. So, And he didn't play very well yesterday, and neither did Marinson. So, you know, As they say in Montreal, say la vie, man. Yes. Who was it? Who was it? who sang the song with Say La Vie? Was it Robbie Neville? No, it was ELP. No, no, there's oh, there's right. another there's another Say La Vie. Oh, but the Greg Lake one's great. Yes, yes, it is. All right. Um, okay, team previews, Detroit Red Wings. Uh the Red Wings finished 32, 40, and 10 last year under Jeff Blaschel. They bring him back. A new general manager in um Steve Eiserman replacing Ken Holland. Now they, you know, they did not. They did not bring back Vanek. They did not bring back Cronval. He retired. If you look at what they did in the summer, this is a team that I think is aiming for the tank. I'm not saying they're purposely going to lose, but they they did. They added Philpola. They added uh, uh, Patrick Nemeth, and they added Jonathan Bernier as the as the or uh, yeah, no, they they, they did they have Bernier? They didn't have Bernier last year, did they? Uh, yeah, I think they did. No, yeah, they did. Uh, they signed. They signed Bernie to a three. Oh, they. That's what they, they signed. Yeah, Calvin, they yeah. signed Calvin Pickard. That's what they did. Yeah. Um. So. The, they yeah, they signed. They signed Bernie to a three-year deal. Right. Then. Right. Yeah, but but they really didn't make many moves in the summer, and with, with a team that is so. I mean, they have a lot of holes. I mean, I think what Eiserman is doing here is. He's looking at this team and saying, okay, I'm not going to win in my first year. I've got cachet because I'm Steve Eiserman. I'm the, I'm the Hall of Famer. I'm, I've had success in Tampa Bay. He's got three UFA defensemen in Green, Erickson, and Daly at the end of the year. Maybe he can sell for uh, sell off for as rentals. He's got some forwards that I think they want. They probably would love to move out a Nielsen or an Abdulkader or Helm or Glenn Denning. So this is a team in transition, Russ, and I think where this team is going to make strides is when Zadina and Valeno and their young players play and get experience, how well will they play? I I mean, there's not a lot there. Uh, I think Zadina could have a nice season. Nobody's carrying this team through it, though. They don't have the goaltending to do it. They just don't have the horses to do it. when you see in preseason they're playing guys like Matt Pumple, they're looking to fill holes this year. That's that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to just have an NHL season, give the fans something to watch, 
but they're going to be in the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes. I'm sure Eiserman wants to be in it, and I'm sure that's the unofficial plan. Eiserman said it could take five years. He set the bar low. He right. did that on purpose because he looked at everything and knew there's things that have to change around here. There's salaries he had to lose. There's players that had to drop off, and, and it's starting to happen, and they need to happen again after this season. But there's a lot, you know, there's a lot not going on there. I mean, they don't really have what I would call their franchise goalie yet. They don't have that. Right. They don't, and not, he's not even in the system yet. No, no. Now, I mean, they're now, goalies and they're okay. I don't think, I don't think they have that guy yet. Now, maybe, and I, you know, I, I don't know the name, but I heard Bob McKenzie talking a little bit about who the top five in the upcoming draft are. I mean, it, We'll we'll educate ourselves on who those players are, but I know if they don't get Lafreniere, that the, there is a Russian goaltender who is apparently a top projected to be in the top five or top ten. You know, maybe that's the you know we know that uh, that uh, Eisenman went down that road with Vasilevsky in, in Tampa Bay. If this goaltender is Eisenman will do that. I mean, well, maybe 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 not. I mean, I'm just saying if it, if they have a top two or three pick, then they probably had. Don't waste it. On, and I'm not saying waste, but I'm saying they don't spend it on a goal, on a goaltender. But I'm sure they're going to be looking for that developmental goalie, and I mean, that's going to take two or three years. I mean, right now, I would still say Pedrusli is probably their guy. He's out of Quinnipiac. He had a pretty good year last year. 14 games, 904 save percentage. I saw him play. He's a little bit of a work in progress, only because of his size. It mm -hmm. does take a while for all those things. Ben Bishop was not an instant hit in college either. Sure. So he still could be their guy. Okay. Yeah. Now Dallas is a different on a different path altogether. Um, they got to the second round of the playoffs. They forced uh, this eventual Stanley Cup champion to game seven overtime. Uh, ben Bishop was one of the finalists for the Vesna and played great last year because he stayed healthy relatively. Uh, the 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 stars went out in free agency this year. Signed Pavelski to replace Spezza, um, who you know is coming to the end of it. He's still, I think, he's got a year or so left in his career. But uh, they were paying him over seven million bucks, and he wasn't that player anymore. Um, so they signed Pavelski. They bring in Corey Perry, who's hurt, but he's it's not a long term injury, so he's probably going to be back uh, early in the regular season. And they've locked up. You know, they, they have that defense, Russ, which I think is the key for them with Heiskanen, with Klingberg, with Lindell. I mean, they have a really good young core defenseman, and this team is going places. They are. I watched their game last night. Sorry. Was that Alexa? I know, but it's like I had the sound off. And then something came through on the phone, and then I hit speaker. And I, it's a whole mess. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's because my wife is also texting me at the same time, right? Ah, okay. But Ty Delandria, I don't have that problem, Russ. No, Ty Delandria looked good last night. He had some scoring chances. He's skating really well. I kind of wonder if they're going to want him to make this team. He's a high draft pick for him. So there's some hope there. Uh, it looks like Gorianov has is going to make the starting roster. That's good news for him because he has a lot of speed and a lot of skill. And I think he's, you know, he could have a breakthrough year. So, yeah, they have those guys. Lindell is a guy. Like, I, I go back and tell you a story where I had him as the 
the defenseman, and I had him picked a little higher, that the Rangers should have picked. But instead, he fell to Dallas. That year after they picked him, I'm in MSG. One of their scouts is, is there, Dallas's Mark Leach. And I said hi to him. I introduced myself to him, and we start talking. And I start talking about Essa Lindell. And he goes, how do you know Essa Lindell? Yeah. And I told him. I said, because, you know, I follow the draft, and I, I noticed him right away. And Essa Lindell has turned into a hell of a player. I remember you talking about Essa Lindell to somebody from the Dallas Stars on Hockey Prospect Radio. And I, I, I almost got the impression that he thought the same thing. Like, how do you know about Essa Lindell? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was probably with Dennis Hall, right? I mean, that's – Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. But um, I'm a fan. He blocks shots. He has offense. But I was watching Haskin in, and I'm telling you right now, he's a top five defenseman in this league. Top mm -hmm. five. Now, just going back because uh, – right. You have no retort for that? No, no, I, I agree. That's why I didn't respond. Okay. Um, but amazing. Think about that, though. Like, that's something where – Last year, I still think that flew under the radar for half a season. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean, and he's, he's what, 19? Yeah. I mean, he was still eligible for the World Junior last year. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I think they said last night, Pavelski is going to play with Gorianov. And I forget who the other one was going to be on that line. Maybe it was Dickinson. I can't remember. So they have an interesting blend of speed, skill, mm -hmm. some bigger players. Some good goaltending. If Bishop's healthy, this is a playoff team that can make some noise. If he's not, then it's like any other team; they're going to struggle. Well, a guy, a guy that uh, that uh, our friend Frank uh, Goalie FP in the chat mentions that impressed me a couple years ago when he played for Texas in the Calder Cup final was Rupe Hints, and he played well in the playoffs last year. He played well in the regular season for them. You know, he's a big. Big talented forward, and really, I mean, he—you could see where he is going is probably where they thought Nakushkin was going to go, and 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 didn't because of injuries and whatever. But he's a he's a he's a talent. Ruby Hints does positive things every shift, right? So either you notice him sort of banging bodies, or you notice him controlling the puck. He is very good at controlling the puck in the offensive zone. Right. He's always making positive gains. Coaches love a guy like Rubin. Now uh, we're going to some questions here. Um, Scary territory. Yeah, funky. And this is the thing. Um, I, Russ, when we were talking about – Let's just be real. Yeah. Anybody could ask a question, and you will go to him first every time. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, I'm going to him because he's talking about a player that you picked as a poss possible Calder Trophy nominee, and that's Hyros. Or heroes, and the funny thing is, I, you know, the progress he's made in a year. Because I remember two years ago, he was in the Leafs developmental camp. Right, but he was he was going to what Michigan State, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He had a hell of a year last year. Sometimes it clicks for guys in one year, like literally one. I will tell you this: I forget who the player was that told me this, uh, but a lot of times going to an elite team like the Leafs, yeah. their camp, mm -hmm. these guys learn things and they carry it with them for their summer training and they go back to where they play hockey and they get better. And I forgot who said did that with the Flyers, but somebody also said it was very important for their development with the Flyers. And it really is true. Like if these guys do that, like last year, Hyros had 50 points yeah. in 36 games. Like that's <laughs> – 
And the year before, he had 42. But that's proof that he was getting better. And we know about what his debut numbers were, but I throw those out because it's easy to walk into a team like Detroit with no expectations and put yeah. up. End of the day, he's got a great shot, and he's got good wheels, and he's sort of tricky out there. I would start him off the season and see what I got. I really would. Yeah, playing with Larkin. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Um. Okay, let's see here. Uh, by the way, Funky says he thinks Heroes will play with Philpola and Athenasiu. So, I'll tell you um, what. With those guys, Philpola is the ultimate dig-it-out-of-the-corner kind of guy. He had a real good comeback year last year. I didn't like what I saw in his last year in Philly, but he, he did really well. And Athanasio's got elite speed. So that's that's a good line. Uh, Ken Smith says, Flyers defenseman predicament Hagam Moran will likely need to be traded. Would risk putting on waivers? What do you see happening? No, nobody's, nobody's going to go on waivers right away. Uh, they're going to go to the last minute in camp. And what they might have to do is, let's say they decide, hey, we like Bigra as the seven, and which is a very good possibility. I I wrote an exclusive about him the other day. I talked to him about him the other day. I put it on Sportsology. He got a goal last night. Well, he didn't assist. Somebody else deflected it in. I forget who it was. Mm -hmm. um, Moran's not ready for this league. Now, can he fill in spots? Sure. You can go out there and let him be physical for some shifts, get into a fight. If you want to do that with Sam Moran, you can. But it's not worth having a roster spot taken up on that. And Hag, you know, here's the interesting thing. He had a good game last night, but – this is a different system, and Robert Hag did fit the Hackstall system better. Mm -hmm. Is Robert Hag a play with pace, Elaine Vigneault kind of guy? I don't know. That's why Big Ra all of a sudden is a guy that has a chance because when you looked at him in his draft year, he was a really good mobile defenseman. Even last night they were like, well, you know, Big Ra just kind of shot it on net and it went in. He knows that. That's all you have to do in this league. You don't have to have a big booming shot. So my point is they may move Hag. I think Moren, they're more than willing to send down, and if someone were to claim him, fine. I don't think the Fletcher crew has any real worry about Moren. But I think if they decide that, hey, they want to keep an extra guy in the press box to start the season, then maybe Big Red gets sent down for a short time. That's possible. Okay. A uh, couple more quickies here. Esmir asks, how many points do you think Nikita Gusev will get with the Devils this season? Uh, it all I mean, it all depends on what line he's on. I mean, if he gets well, played. playing with Jack Hughes right now. Right. So I, I would be conservative and say 45. It's Hughes, Simmons, Gusev, if they stick with that. If they stick with that, I'm going 60. Wow. Well, they pay, they they're hoping to get their money's worth. They did pay four point five million for well, him. Because if you think about it, like he's fast and highly skilled. If Simmons is going to get in front of the net, he's going to get some assists. And then Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, he's going to get some assists with Jack Hughes too. And he's going to get some goals too. So Jack Hughes will find him in open spaces. He always does. Uh, blue shirt Buddha. Are the Rangers any closer to getting D'Angelo signed? Well, we talked about that just like 10 minutes ago. So in case you weren't here, no. Next question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we talked about it. That's all I can don't that's all we can say. Um, okay, this one there was a question previous regarding uh rumors. Barticus was asking is rumors were true of 
Ottawa offering Marner an offer sheet? Uh, no, because Ottawa's cheap. Because oh. Ottawa doesn't have the money. Uh, because because Eugene Melnick is too busy paying a $900,000 gambling debt to a casino in Atlantic City. Or maybe he's not because he's, I think he's being sued by it. Yeah. Um, Bartica said, though, the implication being that Melnick seems to want to mess with the Leafs. Well, he always likes to jab the Leafs, but eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, honestly, he's from, he's based in Toronto. Right. It doesn't matter. The Ottawa, the Ottawa fans hate him for, that's one of the reasons they hate him because he's based in Toronto. Right. Um, but they also hate him because he's an incompetent owner. So, one more um, question and then we got to go. Yeah. Okay, that that's it. We're 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 good. That's it. All right. Kill the show. We'll kill the show. Okay, we're killed. Uh, we'll be back t tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Hopefully, by then my cough is gone. Uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.